0: begin today at the Gemara on Dafnu Nomad Beis, where it says, First word on the line is Laha Dodi. So this is one of the halakhis that it said, for Tikka in the beginning of the Mishnah, in the beginning of the Patek, the Mishnah there, that when a person buys a property and it turns out that the property was stolen, so the seller took responsibility to reimburse him. He stole this property and he sold it to him. But there's two things he has to reimburse him for. There's the property itself that he bought and he paid whatever price, then, besides that, after he bought it, he improved the property. He invested in it. Or, Paytas grew on it. And he's not losing only the property itself. He's losing now also those Paytas that grew on this property. So, he has to reimburse them for that as well. But there's a difference. Regarding the property itself, the buyer could collect from the Chosim Shubadim. He could even collect from properties that the seller sold off already to someone else. But regarding the Achilas Paytas, the fruits so the improvement of this property that he invested in it. For that he could only collect from the Chassim bin Khaiden from any properties that the seller has in his possession now, not from the Khassim Shabbadim. And that's a tikkun oilam So here the Gemara will explain why not. Why if the buy if the seller is taking responsibility for everything, why is there a distinction? Why regarding the paytas, could he only collect from b'nei Khaidan? Says the Gemara, my time, what's the reason for this? Amal, Ishlakish, so all it says in the name, in the name of the the fee sha'enk Suvan. Because this, that the seller takes responsibility for the paytas, that he's he's going to reimburse them for the paytas that are in this property, they're not written in this document of the sale that he sold this property in. So therefore the halacha is, whenever you take responsibility for something, and it's something which is written in a shtar, so because there's a shtar, so there's a kail about this, and therefore you can collect even from a lakeach later that buys it. Because there's a rumor, everyone knows about this. This lakeach should have known about this. But if there's something which is not written in a shtar, and the petis over here, the Gemara says, is not written in this shtar, so therefore he has to reimburse him for it, but he could only take it from the seller himself, not from any lekech. The lekech is not expected to know that this could one day happen, that this meicher will have to reimburse for, this, for these paytas. And Rashi over here actually adds that the truth is that in the star it does mention that he's going to reimburse him not only for the property itself, if it turns out that it was stolen, but it does mention in the shtar also the paytas. That's Rashi's shit to hear. But nevertheless, Rashi says, even though it's written in the shtar, but since those paytas don't exist in the property at the time of the sale, so there's still no kail about it. People see exactly what the property is today and what it is that was sold, for that is a kail but for what, what's not in the property today, there's no coil for that. People don't know about that. That's Rashi's shitta. The Taisa Srid disagrees. The Taisa Srid says, the Gemara's that the payis is not written into the document, it doesn't say at all in the document that he's going to reimburse him for the Pairas. If that's the reason, because it's not written in the document, but for Banis. There was another thing it said in the Mishnah. The Halacha, that a husband in the ksuba. So part of the obligation is that when he passes away, so from his properties, from his possessions, you have to feed his wife, Dalmana, and his daughters, the command Kemanda Ksividami. Even if it's not written in the Ksobe, it's as if it's written in the Ksobe, because this is a tnai Bezdin. This is a condition in marriage that you have to obligate yourself to feed the wife and daughters when he passes away. And nevertheless, the Katani, the Mishnah says, see and to feed the wife and the daughters, you cannot take from the chosim shubadim, only from B'nai chayim." What's the reason? Why not? It's something which is written, either literally written or considered to be like written. So there's a keil. Everybody should know about this. So the answer, over there. Kara this is how the chachamim instituted this takana, this obligation. To, to, to give them from his possessions, to feed, this is HaKachamim instituted it, that yes, it's written, it's a condition of Besdin that you should only be able to collect from B'nei Chayden. and it's not considered written, it's not an obligation, to be able to collect from Mishubadim. And Rashi explains that the reason is because if every time a person gets married, he obligates himself that he, to give the Mizuinas for his wife and daughters after he passes away. And that's even to take from properties that he sold. No one's going to ever want to buy a property from anybody because <laughs> the guy is married and one day if he passes away, so then you, it's going to be your problem to feed the almana and the, and the daughters to take care of them. So you, no one's ever going to want to buy any property. Even though L'Chayre, I mean in the Mufar Shamask, you might say the same argument regarding a ksuba payment of the Ksubah. What happens if a person passes away and then there'll be a payment of the ksuba? Okay, that's a question that the Mepharshim discussed. But here, that's the Pshat and the Gemara here. The Chacham and the instituted it that the Meshubadim, the Lekach, le- le- should not have to go and, and support this Almana and, and the children after this person passes away. The Gemara brings the Omer Rabasi, Omer Rab Just like all said, Neymar Rishlokish, Rabasi said the exact same thing in the name Rab that the reason of our Mishnah is Lafisha en Ksuven. Because the Paitis that a seller has to reimburse is not written. It's not something which is considered to be written. So there's no rumor about it. The same question, But to, to, to feed the wife and the daughters, this is something which is, is, is considered to be like written. The And the Mishnah says that you do not collect from the lekeach from the Chas Meshavadim. So he, so he answered him the same thing. This is Chachamim instituted it that it's considered to be written. It's Chachamim instituted this to collect only from B'nai Chayim. But you can't collect from Mishabadim. It's it's too much to put such a responsibility on a buyer of a property that one day he's going to have to support these Yisaimim here and this this Almana. Okay, this is all one pshat in the Mishnah. All is pshat in the name of Rabbi Shlakish or or Rabbi Yechin. The reason why for the paidist, or the same thing for the Muslim and the Isha of the Banis, the reason why you can't collect from any buyer is because this is something which has no set amount. This whole idea that you can go to a lekeach and collect from him, is only regarding something that has a set amount. If it has a set amount, so then the lekeach could estimate before he buys a property. This guy has this and this amount of properties. And he owes this and this amount of money. And if I buy this property, I'm safe. No one's gonna ever come, come back to me to collect it. But if it's something that's not has no set amount, it's not anything that a buyer could ever estimate. So we can't allow such a kind of a money, payment that, that's, that's owed to be collected from this buyer. So it's nothing to do with whether it's written or not. The main point is whether it's souven. Oh, so now, Gemara actually asks about this. He bought so the, the Shaila was asked, Rabchanine, did Rab come to argue on Ishlakish, or no? Maybe he only came to add. Rab Boy. Maybe Rab is only coming to add. Besides the point that Ishlakish said before that you could only collect from a buyer if it's a payment that's written, it also has to be a payment which is set. Oy Dilme, or perhaps he's coming to argue. Ktsuvin? That any time you have any payment, which is a set amount, so you can collect from a buyer, even if it's not something which is written in a document. So Rashi actually here says that this would mean that not only is he arguing about over here, but this is v'chlal, m'negeit to any milva pe. According to Rebchanine, it's possible, the chlal that we know that it says in many places, it's actually a mishnah that says that only a milva, which is a ashtar, could you collect from a buyer. This kind of payment, but if it's a milva which was not written in a star, you can't collect from a buyer because there's no rumor about this. According to the P'chanina, you can, as long as it's a set amount of money, you're going to be allowed to go and, and take from a buyer this payment. Mm-hmm. Milva al a milva which is just by mouth, without being written into a uh, document. So this is a very big Chiddush. Taisus, the Rishayim actually argue with this. Taisus says that this is a buffet Mishnah. That says that a milval you can't collect from a buyer. So Taisus says that's not enough gemina here. That's not the Chiddush of Rabchanina. The Chiddush of Rabchanina we'll see from the Hemshach of the Gemara. Well, that, well that's what Asher says. Okay, so the Gemara says, <Exchange iced glass> toshema bring your rayah for what Rabchanina's opinion is. The Yitmer, we learn as follows. Mi Shemei Sviiniach Shtei Bona Yisur Person passes away. And he leaves two daughters and one son. Now, what's the halacha? Daughters do not uh, get any inheritance. The son is the only one that inherits the, all the possessions of the father. But there's different halachas of what the daughters get. Besides what we just mentioned before, that the daughters, in, in, in agreement or the uh, obligation of the k'suba, is that you have to feed them, there's another thing. We learned this in Masakh the the k'subas that the daughters get a tenth of the father's possessions when they get married. As a Nadin, as the dowry, they get a tenth of the father's possessions for their marriage, or when they become a begettess, they get a tenth from the father's possessions. Okay, so here he has two daughters, and each one of them is supposed to be getting a tenth of the father's possessions. Now, So one of the daughters went ahead and took a tenth of, of the father's possessions for her marriage. And the second daughter did not yet have a chance to collect her tenth. That's coming to her. ben. And in between now, this son passes away. What happens if the son passes away? So now the son, which was the one that inherited all the possessions, is not here anymore. So now they, these two daughters, are now the Yerushim. They get now the whole Yerushim. Oh. So Rab Yechenen says, now that these two daughters are getting all the father's possessions, they're getting everything, this Yerusha, so Shniya Vitro. So the second daughter that did not take this tenth, so she loses that. They, since she's anyways getting the entire Yerusha, so there's no point in giving her the, the tenth that she was supposed to get. So it's going to come out that the first daughter that took first the tenth and now gets the Yerusha is going to be getting this extra tenth that she already took in advance. And in addition, she gets she now splits this Yurusha equally. The second daughter is just gonna split the Yurusha, but she doesn't, in addition, first get her tenth that she would have gotten before. That's Yechina. Oh Malab oh, Khanina Surab argues on this and says, no, she's supposed to first get that tenth, and then they could split the inheritance between them. And Giday Amru, we find actually that even that the halacha is even more than this, that might see in L'Parnosa, that you can take out from a buyer. From a Shubadim. If the properties of the father were sold off to someone else, you'll take away from the buyer for this parnasa. Parnasa is this tenth that the daughters get, and the aim at seal as Even though from a Zainas to feed them, so that was the Allah of the Mishnah, you don't take from the Hashum shubadim But from a buyer, you do take the Nuchasam Mishubadim. Right, so what's what's Khanina arguing? Rabbanini is saying that you, even from a buyer, even if the properties of the father are by a buyer, nevertheless you have to confiscate it for the buyer for the purpose of this parnasa, for this tenth that you have to give for this daughter. So now over here, it's not an outside buyer that got this money; they themselves are yashinig it. It's sitting right over here for them. And you're going to say that because they now yashun this entire thing. So something developed here, that is this new Yerusha that happens. Why should that change the original uh, uh, right that she has to take her tenth that, that's supposed to come to her? That's the argument of Rav So basically, the argument here between Rav and Rav as the explained, is Rabbi Yechen holds that the right that this daughter has to take her tenth is only when it comes the time that she's getting married, or when it comes the time that she becomes a begettess, that's when she can collect her tenth. So if she already yarshin it from before, so then that aloha doesn't apply, because now she already has all the money, so what does she need this tenth for? But Rebchanino holds, no, there's a shibu, there's a right that she already has from the beginning when the father passed away. So that's not going away, just because now she yarshin the whole thing, it doesn't change. Just like you see that if there's mishubadim, if the properties are sold off to someone else, that right she has doesn't go away. So over here, if she yarshins everything, it doesn't go away either. So now, what does the Gemara prove from here? So what do we see? Vahal Parnasa So now, this payment of a tenth, which is the parnasa that she gets from the father's possessions, to make its kaitz. It's a set amount. It's a tenth. And like siva, This is considered to be something which is not written. And so this is actually different than the, this that Chachamim instituted, that you have to pay the and the Ishov Ha'abonis. That's something which is written into the Ksubah, And that's something that the father can't change. This is Allah of giving a tenth, the father actually has the option to change that amount. He could say, I don't want to give a tenth, I want to give less than a tenth. This is something which is not ksiveh. And nevertheless, v'koh, might see. and here, Rav is clearly saying that if it's sold off to someone, so then you do take from the Lekeach, you collect for this even from the Mishabadim. So you clearly see over here that Rav opinion is that you collect from Mishabadim as long as it's a set amount. The only condition is it has to be ktsuvim. Even if it's not ktsuvim, even if it's not written, still you can collect from the Mishabadim. Answers the Gemara, no, you can't prove anything from here. Why not? Because Shani parnasa, because this parnasa that you have to collect for the daughters is different, because kivin the Isla Kala, because this has a rumor, even without it being written, everybody knows when the father passes away that the daughters are getting a tenth of his possessions. So therefore, there's a rumor about this, and therefore it's equivalent, Kemande Ksiva It's as if it's something which is written. Mosef, Rav Hone Bar Menoyach. asks and brings a Rai here from... Another place. So here, this is a case. Before we read the Gemara inside, it's talking about a case where a woman gets married, and she comes into the marriage with her own daughter that she already had from before, and she makes a deal with her husband that he's going to feed this daughter's daughter of hers for five years. Okay, and in addition to that, she has other daughters that are born in this marriage from the from this husband. That's one thing that happened. But then she got divorced from this husband and she married a second husband and she made the same deal with the second husband, that this daughter of mine, which is not your daughter, you're going to feed her for five years. She's really taking care very well of this daughter. So now it comes out that you have two husbands over here that promised her that they are going to feed this daughter of hers for five years. And then besides that, she has daughters from these husbands that they are obligated to feed. Why? Because that's the deal of the Ksuvah, that you must feed your daughters. So now there's a difference. What this missionary over here is going to say is there's a difference between her own daughter, that there's a special deal that the husband has to feed, and the actual daughters of this husband that they have to feed. So, so, not if these husbands, She again, she was married to two different husbands, if they passed away, so bin no their daughters of these husbands, so Nizayinus, they have to be fed, this is part of the deal of the Ksubah, you don't need any special deal for this, this is the halach of the Ksubah, that Nizayinus, so they are going to get fed from the father's possession, but only from the Ksubah, like it said in the Mishnah. But this daughter, that she made a special deal with her husband, that they should feed her, they're going to get fed even from the chasa mishubadim. Why? Because the deal that she made with her husband, that the husbands owe and have to feed them for five years, they are considered to be just like a regular balchaif. The halach of the mizainis of the ksobe. So for that we said it's not like a regular balchayv that you could only collect from the Chassim and echaidim. But this deal that she made with the husband for these daughters, for that they get from the chasim even from the chasim mishubadim. That's what Rashi explains that you're not going to have to have both husbands give her mizainis because she doesn't need mizainis from two husbands. One is going to give her the mizainis, the one is going to give her money, the value of that mizainis. Okay. Well, now the question is, what's taka the reason why? this daughter, that she made a special deal with the husband, why do, why, why do you collect from the Chasim Meshavadim for this? Yet, the, the, the Mishnah Taka says, with but we have the Klal, if it's something that has no Kail, something that nobody knows about, you shouldn't be allowed to collect from the Chasim Meshavadim. Elamay, the reason must be because, what was the deal? The deal was that they're going to feed her for five years. Five years is a set amount and because it's a set amount, that's something that you could collect even from Alikeya, from Shabadim. So this is a raya that Rabchanina holds, that as long as it's k'tzuvin, it's a set amount, you can collect from the of Meshubadim. And says the Gemara, no, it's not a raya. You know what this is talking about? B'shekonu miyodai. When there was a Kenyan over here. Meaning that he, she didn't just make this deal with her husband. She made a kenyan. She made a kenyan, and Rashi says, every time you make a kenyan, it's usually written, and even if it's not written, it's like it's written. It should be written. It's something that everybody knows about. So it's not only a case of a deal that's set, set amount, but it's a deal that is something which is like written and everybody knows about. If that's the case over here, that she made a kenyan for this, so ihachi bonis nami. Not only this daughter of hers, which there was a special deal about, but even the real daughters of the husband. So they as well, there should also be. They should also be a lot to collect from the chassam shabodim, because the assumption of the gemara is there's a kinyan here. If there's a kinyan, probably she made a kinyan for this daughter and for her daughter of hers, and she made a kinyan for all of the daughters of the husband as well. And so the gemara: No, that's not what happened here. B'shekanu lazu, she made a kinyan for her daughter, but v'loykanu Lazu, but for the daughters that were now born of the husband that he's obligated to uh, feed. She didn't make a king for that. So therefore, for them, it's something which nobody knows about. There's no, it's not enough of a rumor. It's not written. So therefore, for that, you, don't have to, you do not have to give it, uh, you don't have to have them fed from the and <laughs> Menechayran. From the Chassam <laughs> <from the> Shabbat, <laughs> that is. So the Umar asks them that, my Pascha, why are you dividing this story in such a way? Why are you saying that for her own daughter, she made a Kenyan, and for the daughters that are now born from this husband, she did not make a Kenyan? Why, why, why would we make such a distinction? So answers the Gemara, the reason is because this daughter of hers, that she comes into the marriage with, the she's alive, she's here in the world, at the time when she gets married, and when she wants to make that deal with her husband. So therefore, Mahanila, Kenyan, so the kinyin that she would make would take effect because she's making a kinyin for her daughter that's now alive. But any daughters that are later born from this husband that she's marrying now, they're not here in the world at the time when she's marrying her, at the time when she's making the deal with her husband, so even if she would want to make a kinyin for that, but the kinyin would not take effect. These daughters are not in the world yet. So the might asks some this, not necessarily is that true. There is a possibility that the daughters of the husband are in the world. How could that be? So the Gemara says, Can it not also be that this Mishnah here is speaking about a case that both her own daughter is here when she's getting married and even the daughters of this husband is also already alive and in the world. How is that? How is that possible? The She was married once before to this husband, and she had a daughter with this husband. He divorced her, and now she's getting remarried to him. So when she's getting remarried to him, she's coming into the marriage with her own daughter, and she's also coming into the marriage with a daughter of this husband. So if she's making a Kenyan, why shouldn't we say that she made the Kenyan for her own daughter? And a Kenyan also for the daughter of his. So why is there a distinction? Why for her own daughter do you collect from the and Shubadim? and for the daughter of the husband you collect only from the Chassim and So the Gemara Ella, the Gemara answers and says that the Kenyan won't work for the daughter of the husband. Bitai, when it's her her daughter, not the daughter of the husband, the Bitnai. Uh, Again, let's to you when it's the daughter of the husband, because the fact that the husband has to feed this daughter. Why does he have to feed his daughter? You don't need any special deal for this. This is the condition of bezden for every marriage with the ksuba that he has to feed her. So, therefore, laimahani kenyan. So, the kenyan that's made over here will not take effect for this because the kenyan is pointless. Anyways, mitzad bezden, mitzad you have to feed this daughter. But bas the But her own daughter that she brings into the marriage, there is no condition of the ksubet that the husband would have to feed her. So mahani lo For this, the kenyon adds something. The kinyan is creating this obligation, and therefore the kenyon has an effect. But the gemara doesn't accept this either. the gemara vichimigra Just because there's already a Tanai besn that he has to feed her, the kinyan for the daughter of the husband is, is should should be less. It should not take effect. Why not? True, there's already a uh, condition from the Ksuba that you have to feed, but making a Kenyan definitely adds power to this obligation. Now she'll have the ability to collect not only from the Chassabinei Chayrin, even from the Chassabinei Shabbodim. So again, the Gemara is back to the question. We're saying that there's a Kenyan here. If there's a Kenyan, why is there a distinction between her daughter and the husband's daughters? Allah says the Gemara, true, there's a Kenyan, but the difference is as follows, Bita'i, when it comes to his daughter, to the husband's daughter, Kiv in the Bitanai Bezen ka since there's already a condition of the Bezen of the Sube, that she has to get uh, fed this Mizaynes, uh, there could be an argument to say that since the husband knows that this is an obligation that he has from the Ksubah, so right from the beginning of the marriage, she already put aside a bundle of money for the mizainis that it should be available for his daughters. So therefore, when you come to the Lekayach, you want to collect from the Nechas and mishubadim, they're going to say, you're coming to me to collect. Don't you think that the father of these daughters already put aside money for them to feed them? Why should I have to go and feed these assignments?" Probably the father put aside money from them. So therefore you can not collect from the Nechassim uh, Meshubadim. But when it comes to the daughter of his wife, which is not part of that ksuba, it's not part of that deal, it's a special deal that she demanded of her husband. For this, we're not, we're not concerned that the husband put aside a bundle of money for this and therefore she's allowed to go and collect from Meshubadim. Okay, but the point is, there's no araya over here regarding the question we had, what Abchanina holds, because over here there was a Kenyan. So besides the fact that this is something which is set because it was a deal that you made to feed for five years, it's also something which is like written, because it was a Kenyan for this. Tosh the Gemara brings a ray. We find an Abraise that speaks about this subject. Why, for the Achilles Peres, or for the, um, yeah, for the Achilles Peres, why can't you collect from the Chasse mishabodin? So here the Gemara actually brings a Braise that says a different reason different than the, both of the reasons that we brought before. Um, Rabbi Nassin says as follows, Amos, when do I say that this person, this, this buyer of a property, and now it turns out that the property was stolen, so he has to get reimbursed, but he cannot go and get reimbursed from Nechos HaMeshubodim. When is that the case? When there's a buyer, that bought another property from this meicher. So he went and brought the, bought the property before this buyer here, which bought the stolen property, before he improved his property. Okay, so now, now you want to go and collect from that buyer to be reimbursed for the stolen property that you have. But that buyer says, I knew about this property that you bought. But I, I, didn't, I saw exactly the value of the property, and, but the improvement in the property, I didn't see. It didn't happen yet. So I wasn't aware of that at all. So therefore, maybe you can come and get reimbursed from me for the actual value of the property that was in existence when I, when I bought my property. But the schwach wasn't here yet. I didn't see that. I didn't know about that. But if there's property that wasn't bought and there's a stolen property and you already improved it and now afterwards someone else comes and buys from this seller which is a gazlin and he goes and buys and he knows that there's going to be an obligation that you can go and confiscate from him and he sees already the improvement here so then you can go and collect from him even for the improvement and even for the paytas as well if they're already in existence. So what does so the Gemara says? This is not like any of the reasons that we bought before, brought before. Not like Ola and not like Rabchanin. It says, the Gemara, Alme, here I see. The whole point here is because this buyer, the second buyer, did not see any improvement yet. He did not see any payments yet. That's the reason. So before the Gemara said the reason is because it's not k'tsuvin or because it's not k'tsuvin. It has nothing to do with that. The question is that the second buyer see this improvement or this or not. So the Gemara says, "Tanoihi." This is a machlokes tanoim, and the reasons that we brought before are another braise. Tanya, we learned in the brayse, "Eimetzin lachilas peiras leshvach karkois ulamaz nishava banos minuchasim shubadim." The that it said in our Mishnah that the payment of the peiras or the shvach karkois for stolen property, or to feed uh, an almana <laughs> and the daughters, you cannot collect from the chasim shubadim if nei because of tikenayilam. What's the tikenayilam? The fee k'suvim because it's not written it's, you don't have an actual document where, where it's written, where these things are written and that it's interesting because that goes even on the uh, even on the of our bonus even though it's something which is a, a tonight better and the Ksobe. but here it says clearly this reason because as long as it's not written in a document so there's no rumor about this like the opinion of uh, Ullah in the name of Rish Lakish before then Abiyasi says in this why do you need a special tikken oilam to say that the reason is because it's not ktsuvin. The reason is because this is not a set amount. Anytime it's not a set amount, you don't need this takkona of because it's not ktsuvin, but rather the reason is because it's not ktsuvin. As long as it's not a set amount, it's not fear to go and confiscate to get reimbursed from a lekeach. It's something which has no set amount. There's no way that he could ever estimate what would be confiscated from him. So therefore, you can't collect from him. So here you clearly see in this b'risa, both of these opinions. Okay, the gemara continues. Regarding the last thing that it said in our Mishnah, What was that? If you find an lo- object and you return it, and the person says that you're only returning half of what you found, I lost more than this. So, so he's going to say, if so, you have to make a shvua. Why? Because this is would be similar to the halacha of If someone demands of you a hundred dollars. And you say, I only owe you 50. 50, I paid you already. That's moidu b'miksas. You have to make a shvua. So seemingly that same Allah should apply over here when you return. And the guy says, no, you're only turning me half. So nevertheless, the Mishnah says, you do not have to make any shvua because no one will want to ever deal with an Aveda. He doesn't want to get into these problems with the person arguing and claiming that you owe me more. So therefore, Chachamim said, there's no shvua here. Rabbi Yitzchak Rabbi said, what happens if, so the way that Rishanin described this case is, a person goes around announcing, I lost two uh, wallets that had money in it. And this person comes along to him and says, I, I found one of them. Here, he gives him back one of them. And this, the person, the, the owner says, no, it's not true. You really found two wallets that were tied to each other. And the person that found it says, "No, I only found one wallet." So this is basically a Mayda b'miksa. This is the case of our mishnah. So Rabbi Yitzchak says, "Nishpa." He is going to have to swear that he only found one and not a second one. He does or doesn't? He does. He does have to swear for this. Okay, let's see now. But there's another case here. If the case was that the this, this person, the owner says that I had two oxen that were going together and they were tied to one another and they, they got lost and he tells him you found two of them together. And the person that found says, there was only one. So then in such a case, he's not going to have to swear that he only found one. Even though this seems to be the same as before and he's a made of mixus, but in this case he's not gonna have to swear what's the difference my timer by oxen that are going together and are tied to one another it happens that it unravels and they get separated from each other so it is actually possible that he only found one and as explains what the Gemara really is saying is the the owner here that claims that no i lost both of them he can't say with a tinus body that you found both together. He can't be sure that you found both together because it's possible that they separated from each other. So there's no tightness body here, Bechlau. But regarding the case of the two wallets that are tied together, they don't, it doesn't happen that they get unraveled and they get disconnected from each other. So therefore, when the owner says that you found both of them because I lost both of them together, that's a tightness body. So even though it's a case of returning an Aveda, Rabbi Yitzchak says, it doesn't matter. As long as the owner has a tainous body, even by a Meshiva Veda, you are going to have to make a shvua. Yes. Okay, there's a big discussion over here in the Rishonim about this. This is Rashi chat the Gemara, and all the Rishonim asked the question, I don't understand. This person that found this has a very simple migu. The concept of migu means that he could have said a much better tiny Over here, actually, he wouldn't have to say anything. Over here, this person didn't even have to at all come up and, and offer and say, I found this. He could have just been quiet. So why shouldn't he be believed when he comes and says that he only found one? We have a very clear proof that, proof that he's an honest person. So the answer is, this is one of the sources for a famous Indian that the Rimi Gash says, and it comes up here and in other places in Boba Metzia, that a migu, to pater, a person from a shvuah does not work. The, the Kayach of this Migu that proves that a person is honest and trustworthy is only when there's a question of whether he owes money or not. But to Patra, a person of a Shvua that is Yitzchayev, Migu does not work. That's a cloud that says, and here this is one of the sources for this. Why, why that is so is, is a discussion for itself, but that, that's the halacha that Migu does not patra from a Shvua. Okay, another case, another halacha that Rabbi Yitzhak said, the owner claims and says, you found two oxen that were tied together, and the person that found it says, yes, I, I did find two of them, but one of them I had already returned to you. So over here, he is going to have to swear. Because over here, in this case, it is a Tainus body that he's saying that you found two of them. And the person that's answering is saying, yeah, true, I found both of them. But one of them I already returned. So this is considered to be a regular and you will be in a shvur. Okay, So you might ask, on all of this, but Rabbi Yitzchak, less late, does Rabbi Yitzchak not hold of what it says in our Mishnah, anytime a person finds an object, the obligation of Meidah ben does not apply, and he does not swear because of Tikhan oilam. the Gemara, Rabbi Yitzchak, follows the opinion of Rabbi Yitzchak ben Yaakov that said regarding this halacha of Amayitza Metziah that you still have to swear. The Rabbi said as follows, regarding the Shavuah of Po amem that sometimes it could be, that sometimes it could be, that a person will have to swear a Shavu'ah of even if it's only him talking, and there was nobody that demanded any money from him. He will still have to swear as a Maidah B'Mikzas. <laughs> how could that be? If someone comes and says that I owed your father $100. The father passed away already, and he's coming and telling his son, I owed your father $100. pras, and I paid him $50. So you're basically a Maidah B'Mikzas. You're going to have to swear that even though we now know that you owe $100, but you're saying that you paid half, you're going to have to swear for that half that you're saying that you paid already. This is a person that's swearing on a taina that he himself says. Okay, so, this is basically also a case of Meshava Veda. You're offering to give back something which nobody demanded of you. And nevertheless, if you say that I, I paid half already and half I still owe, you're going to have to swear argue and say, Nobody demanded this money from him, so he's just returning something on his on his own. By, by, on his own, he's offering this. He's a who so you don't make a shvua. So what the Gemara is saying is, Rab Yitzchok that said before that you have to make a shvua is based here on this opinion of Rabliyaza ben Yaakov that you make a shvua even in such a case where nobody demanded anything from you. Okay, but now here the Gemara comes and clarifies what exactly Rabliyaza ben Yaakov meant. Because according to this, it would come out that according to Rabbi Yisab and Yaakov, you always have to make a shvua, even in a case where there's no taina bechlau. Even Rabbi Yitzchak before did make a certain distinction. Rabbi Yitzchak before said that if it's two Kisin, so then there's a taina's body here. When there's two shvare there's no taina's body, but according to Rabbi Yisab and Yaakov, there should be no difference at all. Even Al Tainus Atzma, you still have to make a shvut. So the Gemara explains like this that regarding Rabbi Yaakov's opinion, the Gemara in another place asked on him Rabbi Yezum Yaakov, Lesley, Meshav, Potter. Rabbi Yezum Yaakov does not hold to this concept of a person is offering to pay something that nobody asked him for, that he would be Potter from a shvur of of and Mixas. He doesn't agree with this. So Rav explained the opinion of Rabbi Yezum Yaakov, There is some kind of a tiny here. The son, which is the, he's a cotton, he is asking for the money. He does know about it, and he is coming and asking for the money, and that's the case that Rabbi Lezeb and Yaakov said, that you would have to pay for Almighty B'mikzas. So there is some kind of a taina here. Okay, So even though this is a very schwach taina, because it's only a taina of a cotton, but nevertheless there's some kind of a taina here. So Rabbi Yitzchok held, like Rabbi Lezeb and Yaakov, that when you had the shnei kisin, the shnei Kisin, over there, it's a case where the, the owner has some kind of a tinus body. Doesn't Mamish have a very strong tinus body because his whole tinus body only comes after the person that found it was made that I found one and now you can come with a tinus body and say, No, you found two. Before that, he couldn't say anything. But nevertheless, similar to this case of tiny cotton, there's some kind of a tinus body and therefore, when there's some level of tinus body, you're going to have to make a shvuah. But the Kemara asks him, this, How can we say it's talking about a cotton? The tine of a cotton, does it have any significance at all? The words of a cotton seemingly is not a tine at all. Because what now, we learned in the Mishnah, there's no shvu of Maidimmiksas if the one that was demanding the money from you was a chere shait or a cotton. So the command answers. We don't mean mamisha cotton. My cotton. When Rav said cotton, what did he mean? Godel. He really meant that it's the son which is a godel and his tine is a cotton. So, why did he refer to him as a cotton? Because regarding the matters of the father, the money that the father owed, he's considered to be a cotton because he doesn't know 100% whether his father owes the money or not, or what's owed. Okay, but the the, the the pshat remains the same over here. That you have a certain shvache tainus body, somewhat of a tainus body, and Rabbi Yezir ben Yaakov holds that for that it's enough that you should have to make a shvuah on it. But if that's the case, that the, the one that's asking for the money is a goddil. So yachi Tainus Atzmai. The lashon of the b'raise was, as Rabbi Yehuda said, that sometimes a person makes a shvuah on a tain that he himself says it's not tainus atzmai, tainus achaynu. There's someone that's demanding the money from him. There's a Goddle, the son over here is standing, and there's a tiny body, he's demanding the money from you. And it says the <laughs> Gemara, true, there's someone else that's demanding the money from you, but you are the one that's admitting half. So it's, it's your, when he, when he said, atzmai, he meant to say that the, the Haidah, this that you admitted was, was you being Maidah. But the Gemara asks him this right away. That doesn't make sense. Kulu nami atzmai Every single Maidah b'mixas. That's how it works. Someone is demanding money from you and you're agreeing that you owe half and you're not agreeing to the other half. So what was the Kiddush that uh, Rabbi Yezabin Yaakov said over here? So the Gemara answers, the Kiddush over here is as follows. Elo kamiflegi. The case is, Taka, like we said before, that we're talking about the taina of a cotton. And Rashi here actually explains that now when the Gemara is, is giving this over here of El Abadarabha Kamiflegi, the Gemara holds that this whole Shailah that we asked before, that there's no such a thing of a taina by a cotton, is not necessarily always true. Rashi here brings that where do we see that there's no taina by a cotton? It's learned from a posik by a Pekodin. The, the pasik there says, Ki ish, Veloic cotton. That the dinner of a taina by a pecotten is only if it's a ish, and that excludes a cotton. Over here, we're not talking about a pecotten. Over here, we're talking about a loan. So, therefore, Rav was explaining that according to Rabbi Yezib and Yaakov, who are we talking about? We're talking about a cotton mamash. It could be taka a cotton. <coughs> and according to the Chachamin, there's no taina of a cotton. And the Emesis, there's no taina of a gottel either over here in this case. As the Gemara will explain over here, according to Rav. Let's see. Okay, so now what's the basis of the Machlikes of Rabbi ben and Yaakov, and the Chachamin? It's ba- We have to have a better understanding what the Chlal is the reason for the shvuah of Maidah B'miktas. And once we'll understand what the shvuah of Maidah B'miktas is based on, then we could see whether that shvuah applies even in a case where the person himself is not alive, but it's only the son that you're tying you're against. And that's going to be based on how Rabbah describes what a B'miktas is. So again, <speaking in Hebrew> the Machleik is here is based on what Rabbah said. The Oma Rabbah asked the question, Mipnei Why did the Torah say Why does every single Meidah B'miktas have to make a Ta'ina? L- what's the question of the Gemara? The question is the same logic that it says in the Mishnah that a person does not make a Shvua because he's a Meshiva Veda. The same thing should apply by every single Meidah B'miktas. When you're being ma'ida for half, so you're a Meshev Veda. You could have just denied everything easily. This person that's demanding the money from you has no Raya. You could have just denied it all. The fact that you're giving half, aren't you a Meshev Veda? So why should you have to make a Shavuah at all for every Maideh Mimiktsas? That was Rabbi Shaila. And the answer is, no, he's not a, a Meshev Veda. And the reason is because, Really, he wanted to deny the whole thing. But because he really owes the money, it's too hard for him to deny the whole thing. This is the person that you're facing him and he lent the money to you and he knows the truth that you owe him the money. It's very hard for you to be so chutzpah to get in his face to deny the entire thing. So that's the reason why you denied a little bit and you were, you were made of a mixtas. Okay? So what does that mean? So this shows that really every time a person is made of be us, he's not called a meshevaveda. Adara. We're suspicious that you owe the money and you wanted to be kai for the whole thing. Okay, so that's the swad over here. And therefore, This person really wants to deny, to deny the entire thing. He's, he's not a Meishu B'vedi, he's a Ganev. The only reason why he didn't <laughs> deny the whole thing is because he doesn't have that brazenness to go and deny the entire thing in the face of his Balchayv that lent him the money. Okay, now the Gemara adds another swada to this. According to Rashi, the Pshad the continuation of the Gemara is, if that's the reason why a Maidabemixas to make a Shvuah because we're suspecting him of being a liar and really he wanted to deny the entire thing, so what point is there of him making a shvua? The Klal is a person that we suspect of being a Ganev, he can't make a shvua, because just like he steals, he also will lie. When he makes a shvua, he's not going to say the truth. So what's the point of having him swear about his, about his claim? So, therefore, the Gemara adds, but it possibly could be something else. And that is, it could also be that this person really wanted to admit the whole thing and he wanted to pay it all. But he just doesn't have the money right now. And the reason why he didn't admit it all, he's trying to avoid paying today. And so he thinks to himself, And when, until when I'll have money and then I'll be able to pay. So for the time being, I'm going to deny part of it and I'll pay whatever I have now and then uh, later I'll pay the rest. So, not necessarily is he mamish, a filthy liar that's trying to deny this whole thing, but maybe he just doesn't have the money to pay. <speaking in Hebrew> so, the says that we place a shvuah upon this person, so that he should be made in the entire thing right now. So, what do we see from what Rabbi said? We see from what Rabbi said that the whole shvuah of maida with mikhtas. Is only possible in a case where you're facing someone where we know that you, you, you ain't on the is that you can't have the chutzpah to deny it all, and therefore the fact that you're made to be miktas is not considered to be a meishav aveda. But if you're facing someone where it's not a chutzpah for you to deny this, so yeah, you can very easily deny the entire thing, and the fact that you're not, you would be a meishav aveda. So now the question is, what's if you're not facing the very person that lent you the money? You're only facing his son. Do we also say the of rabbe That ain't not the Me'ez of? And therefore when you admit it to half, you're not going to be a Me'ishav Veda? That's the Machloik between Rabbi Yezah ben Ya'akov and the Chachamim. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yezah ben Ya'akov Sovah, Rabbi Yezah ben Ya'akov holds that this Svarav rabbe is lo'ishno Boy v'lo'ishno b'pnoi. It doesn't make a difference if it's the person himself that lent you the money or if it's son, if it's the son of that person. Ain't a Me'ez you wouldn't have the chutzpah to be maize against him. So v'hilkoch lav meshevaveidu, that was the Svara of Rabbi. why this person is not considered to be a Veda. Because this is a case where it's not easy for him to, to, to deny this. The fact that he's made with Mikzas is only coming because he doesn't have the chutzpah to deny the entire thing. He's not a Right. So according to the Svara of Rabbi Yezumiyaka, there's no difference between the father and the son. Because right, the swar of Eri is just like the Father has a his body, the Son is also coming with the his body. Against the his body, you don't have the chutzpah, and therefore he's not a Meshva Veda. But abonant savri, however, abonant hold, boy who dein Regarding the father himself, he's the person that lent you the money. And not only that, he did you this favor. How can you go, a person that does you a favor and not go and deny that you borrowed the money from him, if that he doesn't have the chutzpah. Al b'nai, the son, he didn't lend you the money. He's not the one that did you this favor. is. Over here, you would have the chutzpah to go and deny it all. So the fact that he was not may me'esh So regarding the son, we can't... So you're just a Meshav Avedah, and therefore there's no shvu in such a case. That's the explanation of the Machloikas of Rabbi ben Yaakov and the Chachamim. But again, just to conclude, the point that comes out from all of this is that Rabbi Yitzchak, that said before that by a Meshav Avedah you do make a shvu, is based on the opinion of Rabbi Yezah ben Yaakov. Because Rabbi Yezah ben Yaakov says that even in a case where there is no clear Tainous body, it's not the father himself that knows it has a clear Tainous body, it's just a son. That's coming and tining which is a, a weak tiniest body. Still, there'll be a shvur of Similar to that, Rabbi Yitzchak says that when you have a case where there were two kisim, and the person that uh, the person that uh, is the owner says you you found two, and the person that found it said I only found one, so this is a this is a body because he only came with this tiniest body after you came and showed that you found one. So nevertheless, as long as it's a tiniest body, even though it's a shvacha tiniest body. There's there's going to be a shvua of might have